This is a CBC Podcast. June is Pride Month, a time of celebration for members of the LGBTQ community and their allies, and a time to assess where we're at when it comes to human rights. This year, there seems to be some pushback, especially when it comes to schools. In Saskatoon, a directive was sent out by the separate school division to skip the rainbow tent at the Kids Festival. And here in Regina, just this week, things got heated at a meeting of the public school board. For more on this and another call by the province's mayors, over homelessness, we've reached our political panel. Adam Hunter covers politics for CBC Saskatchewan. Murray Mandrick writes a political column in the Regina Leader Post. Morning, guys. Morning. Good morning. Adam, how is the provincial government responding to some of this backlash? We haven't heard from the provincial government when it comes to the latest out of Regina, what happened this week. And that's perhaps not surprising because we're not in in session and we don't have you know, daily access or hearing questions from the opposition who no doubt would have raised this. Uh, and we don't get a lot of opportunities to talk to, let's say, the premier or the minister of education uh, unless they're at, a, at an event uh, or a, a something public. Uh, and that hasn't really happened in the last couple of days. We did hear from Minister of Education Dustin Duncan in response to what happened in Saskatoon, and his response was that the parents uh, have should have a say when it comes to, you know, what their kids are are being exposed to. In the case of the uh, going to the children's festival in the rainbow tent a couple of weeks ago, that comment was uh, was criticized by some as maybe being the, the the minister getting involved where he shouldn't have and that the the, the schools know what's best for for the kids in this case uh, this is playing out uh, public quite publicly and in, in New Brunswick right now where yeah. the premier there has had a bit of a, ca- a caucus and cabinet revolt yesterday just yesterday his social services minister has wrote him a handwritten note saying that she stepped down from cabinet because of a change that they're making with the policy as it comes to identifying having parents uh, notified if uh, their children are wanting their be called by a different name or pronoun in school. That's uh, part of the policy there, and that's been heavily criticized by the opposition, by LGBTQ uh, groups in in the in the province and outside, and within the uh, progressive conservative caucus and cabinet uh, in that province. So uh, that is something that we're seeing uh, kind of play on that province that doesn't come here. But more and more of these issues are starting to. Sp- spark up they have been as they have been throughout North America. Yeah, and uh, certainly in Regina, there was talk about parental consent required for, as you say, pronoun changes for a kid or or being asked to be called by a different name in class. There's also talk about schools not dispensing hormones to kids under 14 without parental consent, which I'm pretty sure doesn't happen, Murray. what What is the role of politicians here? The role of politicians is to follow the human rights code and be proactive in terms of the message they sent. They sent the, the, the former is pretty straightforward. Uh, the latter is a little bit more nebulous and it probably a meaningless to say that, but it, it's kind of like art, Stephanie, uh, you know it when you see it. And you know it when you see it because you see a premier at a pride 
prayed, as we saw uh, uh, Premier Scott Moe uh, a few years back before COVID, uh, before we've seen this real strong march to the right where the anti-vaxxers, uh, people who were opposed to lockdown, have sought out other issues. They seem to be seeking out uh, positions on the school board, or at least people of like mind are, are, are seeking out issues in, in education. They're seeking out in, issues related to the trans community, related to First Nations, uh, related to a lot of other things. In the case of Pride Month and the trans community, it feels like we are going back 50 years in terms of the progress that has been made because these voices are so strong and so active. My fear, and this is the proactive part, is that if the provincial government isn't listening to them, they're at least not def- uh, not basically sending out the right message that what much of what they're saying, as you've described, is simply wrong and simply wrong for the people. It's very, very easy to say that parents have the right to uh, know what is happening with their child. And that seems to be uh, a, a really simplistic idea that's going to appeal to a lot of people, which is obviously what politicians sometimes do. But politicians have to be leaders here too. And they have to understand that sometimes parents don't protect and don't have the interests of the children, uh, even if they're well-meaning, uh, uh, they don't represent them as well as they possibly should. In the school setting, they must set uh, the interests of all children, including the curriculum, including uh, the right for the children in the school to be safe. And there's issues related to bullying. We saw a situation in Kelowna, B.C., where uh, a, a a man who was originally from uh, Prince Albert was screaming and hollering about uh, uh, whether a kid was uh, was of the right sex at a, at a track meet. Now, come on, parents. A girl the, with it, short hair, yeah. A girl with short hair. Accused of being wrong. a boy. Yes, and, and, and like, I mean, we don't need that. We need leadership and, and people standing up and saying this is wrong. And right now, I'm not seeing that from the provincial government. I have seen it three years ago with the, uh, the premier, and I was hoping I'd see more of it this year. Uh, but so far, we just haven't. We've seen a, a smattering of, of politicians there at, at pride parades and, and such, and it's just not enough. Uh, speaking of politicians, we've also had the mayors in towns and cities across our province once again calling out the provincial government and I guess the federal government, but uh, of course social assistance mostly the domain of the province, Adam. And the mayors, we pl- played a little bit of Gerald Albers from Lloyd Minster earlier on the show when he talked with Garth Materi this week on the afternoon edition saying, we're all paying for this because people without homes end up in jail or the hospital when they need services. And that's the most expensive way to provide it. What can you tell us about the response to this so far? Yeah, we've been talking about this for for months now, and this is something I think that it took it took me by surprise just how public uh, the the mayors and Mayor Albers came up with this and came up with this criticism of the government, posting a video saying you know the reason why we're seeing so much homelessness and that the government is contributing to it by not having uh, sufficient income assistance programs and and that they're not putting enough people in government. That there's thousands of, of units available, and there those people people that need uh, help aren't ending up in those homes, and as you mentioned, they're ending up in hospital and jail, and that's costing the taxpayers more. Uh, 
we've heard this criticism as well from the opposition who says, you know, when you have someone who's on the streets or uh, or addicted, uh, the the services and the, the amount of money that's that the taxpayers end up paying for that person are are over and above what it would cost to have that person on income assistance and put them in a in a provincial housing unit. Uh, the response to our story, the minister managed a statement saying that the issue is complex that they're working with their partners, but this goes back to what we talked about a couple of weeks ago with the auditor's report saying, you know, people can't get through on the income assistance phone line to even apply and sign up. And once they are, it takes them months to get connected uh, to addictions counseling or, or, or housing support. And so the government has 17,000-ish people on, on average every month who are on income assistance. That's kind of a, a consistent number. But as the mayors are pointing out, more and more people are ending up on the streets visibly homeless. This is happening in large and small communities. This isn't just a criticism from Mayor Clark or Mayor Masters in the big cities. This is Lloyd Minster's mayor. I know we've heard from concerns from Yorkton in the past. So this is something that's not going away. And the mayors say the government isn't handling it. And they were very critical at SUMA as well. And so uh, this is something I think the government's going to have to deal with because the, the calls are just getting louder and louder. Murray, what do you make of this very public chiding again? I'm really pleased to see it in this forum. And the forum that I'm talking about is mayors from all over the province, not just Saskatoon and Regina, but all over the province, identifying this as an issue and more appropriately identifying it as a provincial issue. The mistake that's being made in Regina in particular is trying to tackle uh, uh, it, it with the city budget as the homeless problem that they can solve with the amount of money that they collect from our property taxes, which has to go to fill sinkholes and to do uh, whatever and provide policing and and, and keep our streets uh, safe. It, it loses what city council is in essence about to its core. I appreciate the fact that, that, that there are politicians, not just in Regina, but across the province, realizing that this is a social issue that's costing us. But the most effective and best thing they can possibly do is lobby the provincial government and work hard to make sure the provincial government is actually fulfilling its responsibilities. And as Adam has outlined, and as we have on this talk before, they simply aren't with CIST. We, we, we know the problems. We know the problems in relation to uh, energy and uh, and electricity in terms of c- coming off the CIS bill and people not being able to afford to it. The provincial auditor is outlining this. This is where I think we need not just uh, civic politicians, but a lot of people saying, uh, standing up and saying it's not working right now and we need better programs sure the government uh, to do so. We have a government, a provincial government with a billion dollar deficit for the second consecutive year and they're looking at ways to buy votes when they should actually be spending the money on these very things that civic politicians say are actually costing all of us as taxpayers. And if we spend more money on uh, uh, this from a, uh, these social issues from a civic level, we are going to have those problems in relation to uh, simple infrastructure problems in cities. And what that creates is just an ugly backlash where people lose the issue because their streets aren't getting fixed or this isn't happening or that's not happening. Well, I can understand people's frustrations for this because it should be a provincial matter. And that's uh, where I think we really need to keep the focus. Congratulations on those municipal politicians for doing so. Thanks, you guys. You're very welcome. Oh, hey, happy Father's Day to you both. Oh, thank you. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.